Hi. Hi. What's up? Not much. Want to talk about some problematic romantic shit? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Hi. Hey, Suzanne. How are you? Lovely. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to you, too. Happy whatever day you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. To people out there. Happy fill in the blank day. It's fine. Time is not only irrelevant in podcasting um, because people can listen to it whenever they want. It's also kind of irrelevant in period right it's now. It's irrelevant all the time. <laughs> Living in the corona times. Oof. It's not necessarily, um, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> because things are happening. You know, if you're living this, our, our episode today and last week is specific to, uh, you know, the quarantine and COVID-19 and everything that's going on. But it's also not, if, you, if you're listening to this in a time when that's not happening. Um, These are still helpful. It's still helpful. But it is interesting because we just had graduations and without a ceremony. Like everything is unceremonious right now. Yeah. Very which much makes so. time just feel like a blob. It doesn't feel like. Things are actually happening. Yeah. Ooh, I wanted to start off this episode, though, before we dive into the meat of the subject, um, which today is our part two on codependency during COVID, um, or as the fans are clamoring to call it, mm. COVID-pendency. Mm-hmm. Um, wink, wink. You're Hashtag just, covid You're pendency. dying to make that happen. <laughs> now it's more just, I want to watch your eyes roll every now time Now I'm just going to make it a shirt. That's going on Teespring. There we go. It'll be a thing. <laughs> which, by the way, merch coming soon. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, more about that later. But uh, we got a message um, a while ago or last week or the week before um, that's somewhat relevant to mm-hmm. to the subject we're talking about um, today with codependency and boundaries and all that. And uh, uh, yeah, so we'll just... Her name is Lindsay, and she wrote in and said that uh, the relationship I've had to build the healthiest boundaries with is the one I have with my stepson's. Being a not-by-choice, childless stepmother to three stepsons and being constantly devalued by their biological mother meant I finally have figured out how to have big boundaries. I have greatly loved the frank and honest book Step Monster, which helped me break down the totally shitty role of raising someone else's children. It helped me see that personally uh, could either be in a relationship with them that wasn't ever going to work because two of the four parents involved completely hated me, or I could save my marriage. Their dad has it under control. It's not my problem. I'm stop going on vacations with them or to holidays, which means I also don't see my in-laws much, which has, which they have perceived me as selfish, uh, because of that. I, however, define it as correct. The anxiety and sheer depression that surrounded managing his children wore me down. It almost broke us up. His children are all teens to adult, yet living at home during this time. And then she wrote some oof emojis. Um, (laughs) This book isn't hand-holding. It's a difficult read at times, but so many people look at step-parenting as either a princess come to save the family, i.e. a selfless, self-sacrificing idiot, or an evil total bitch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll be the evil bitch if it means I have my own space. (laughs) Ha ha. Actually, I have a way better relationship with them when I've told them about my boundaries. The whole situation is complex with personality disordered ex-spouses and abusive uh, piece of shit new husbands. But all in all, there isn't much focus on the emotional role of step-parenting, especially childless step-parenting. It's worth a read, or at least uh, to know the book is out there. So Step Monster is the the, uh, recommendation there, which I... 
there was a movie called Step Monster, right? With Jennifer Lopez and like... Yeah, I don't think it's based on that book. It's probably not? No. Okay. Pretty I sure. <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, oh yeah, they made Pretty a movie sure out different. of that. Jane Fonda and... and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Be funny if, if that book was written by Jane Fonda. <laughs> no. I, I, think one of the, I think one of the huge takeaways and a thing that I'm still trying to grapple with with boundaries is once you set boundaries... Um, you're going to feel maybe selfish setting them, but then you come to terms with the, the, the whole idea that it's not selfish. Other people will still view you as selfish. Mm-hmm. So you have to be okay up front knowing that part of setting boundaries is it's you also then don't get to control how other people mm-hmm. respond to your boundaries. And there are some people who are going to call you selfish. There are some people who are going to call you a bitch. There are people who are not going to be okay with with you setting boundaries, and you have to be okay, part of boundaries, being okay with them not being okay with it. Yeah. But that's a huge thing with me is like wanting to be understood. Like if people just understood my position, they'd agree with me, mm-hmm. and they'd be fine with this. <laughs> that is not always going to happen, Yeah. and you have to be okay with that. But well, the that's peace a part of, of mine is like, if I can make them understand. just make them it, understand. But part of the, like, I mean, part of the awesome part of that is is getting to divorce yourself from like i get peace of mind here's my stuff and if people are like thrashing and picketing and whatever else like outside of that not your circus not your monkeys i know so a a huge quote in the codependency it might have even been in this book but i I know I, i saw it in one of the um one of the instagram codependent uh accounts that i follow which are great there are a lot of them out there um but uh what it was that the people who have the biggest problem with your boundaries are the people who uh, we used to walk all over you when you didn't have them. Benefited from Benefited you not from having them. any. That's yeah. the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the people that, that are most annoyed with you for, for putting up boundaries are the ones that benefited off of you for never using them in the first right. place. Yeah. Which So yep. keeping that in mind while going forward would be like, oh, man, I really thought so-and-so was going to um, you know, come around to my side. Like It's not the, the fact that you enact the boundaries are not like isn't contingent on whether people are going to be like, everybody's going to applaud you for doing them mm-hmm. because people will, people who never used boundaries before see that, see them as a, as a slap in the face yeah, and not what they actually are, which is a loving, like I want to keep you in my life. So I figured out a way to keep you in my life and which is elevating myself to a, to a degree where I'm also, uh, I'm also valued and you know, I re- refusing to be a doormat essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you, Lindsay, for writing in. If you guys have anything like that um, thing we talk about or thing to add or a book recommendation or anything like that, um, we're happy to share it. And you can uh, write us at shipwreckpod at gmail.com um, or speakpipe.com. Send us a voicemail. Speakpipe.com slash shipwreckpodcast. Um, send us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. You can use your name or not use your name. Um, let us know in the in the contact when you contact us. But yeah, we love hearing from you guys. So thank you for writing in. That uh, I'm gonna go back real quick. Yeah. To in therapy, uh, my therapist was, you know, talking about me shifting around um, family dynamics, and you know how like my family, talking about like parents, siblings. I've got half siblings. I've got parents, step parents, biological parents. A lot whatever. of family. My family is a mess, but um trying to re-figure out what my position was and everything and like setting boundaries. And I'm like, man, how's this person react? How's that going to like affect this? How's this going to... And my therapist saying to me like, okay, pretend like you and your whole extended family, you're all, you're all on a boat. 
and you're going to get up and move seats. And she's like, it's going to rock the boat. She's like, but you're going to change seats. You're going to sit down. Everyone's going to grumble about the boat rocking. She's like, everyone will adjust. She's like, everyone will adjust. Everyone will move around. The ship's not going to sink. Like, everyone adjusts. Like, everyone grumbles, but they adjust. And that was, like, kind of reality, like, punch number one for me. Reality punch number two for me, though, was, because I didn't realize this was part of my personality at first, is I got up and moved seats. The boat's rocking. I'm then, I then have expectations of where everyone should move and how they should all be reacting. And like, I'm doing this thing. Okay, now you guys are all supposed to like, now you're supposed to go over there and sit there and you're supposed to, I don't get to dictate that. Part of, part of boundaries, part of like breaking codependency and, you know, detaching from people and like letting go of that control because codependency is a lot about control of other people, which I didn't realize at first either, but is that you don't get to have any control over how people respond to your actions or your boundaries or your anything. And that's been huge for me because I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And now here are the next eight steps for the rest of you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's not how that any of that works. <laughs> no, you hit on something huge because codependency is sort of a passive manipulation. There's yes. a lot of like um, ho and humming, hoping somebody will come in and, and step in and take care of your feelings because you've, take care of, you've taken care of everybody else's. Right. And when they don't do that, that's where resentments build. And it's just, there's... It's that thing of like when um, when my kids were little, they used to, when they were like two, they used to point and tell everybody where they were going to sit at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Like mommy sits here, daddy sits here, brother sits here. It's this mm-hmm. whole thing. And it was cute. But like that is sort of what, <laughs> what you're touching right. on where it's like, okay, I just made this giant movement. Everybody's not going to be okay with it, but I'm going to tell you exactly how to react and when to react <laughs> this way and right. to make this the best for me. <laughs> It's kind of like, well, that's not really how it works. We yeah. can't be a toddler at the table at our, at, you know, sitting in our booster seat, pointing at everybody, telling them where to sit. It's just not the way it works. You have to be okay with, you know, it's what John Kim said in our last coaching class, but like parents adjust. Uh-huh. They'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Like parents, they think they're, especially parents of adult children, they, they, we think that they're, um, drawing hard lines in the sand where they're like, we'll disown you if you do this or if you act this way or, you know, whether it's said or it's unspoken, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, implied. But uh, oftentimes, um, it's not true, and they they will adjust with if we decide to say no. They're not allowed to just come over whenever they want, or no, they have to factor in you know my vacation plans that might not include them or whatever it might be. You know, the flip side of that is that I I never thought that I was a controlling person or had a controlling personality or had any of those because nothing I did. Number one, I wasn't conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Number two, it wasn't like overt control where I was like, you know, physically domineering over anyone or it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, yeah, I I physically (laughs) dominate very few people. Cats. Um, (laughs) So I like cats so much. Um, But I, so I never thought that was part of my personality until I started really doing like boundary work, setting boundaries, realizing don't have control over how people respond to those boundaries and then having other people set boundaries with me. Mm-hmm. understanding what it was but the first time i remember f- having that when you and i first kind of had our big epiphany thing you kind of you know you moved out we started kind of like detaching from one another and we'll talk a little bit about detachment but being like man i like i need you to take space like i need because we were very enmeshed and then the second you started taking space i flip the fuck out because it I felt it felt so bad because I was like no you're not detaching I want you to detach like I want you to take space but in in exactly the 
one way that like makes me feel okay and safe still like we don't get to yeah. dictate how other people that's especially tricky if, if we have abandonment issues too because it sure. feels like boundaries feel like abandonment yeah especially if you have not been taking boundaries or if you've just been so enmeshed like if you're on top of somebody and then you decide to stand next to them that feels like that feels like a canyon between you, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. just the difference between that, those two steps, because they are. Um, and the same thing, if you're standing next to somebody and then you move out to a different house, that feels like another like canyon, mm-hmm. even though I'm still in the same town. We used to live five states away, it, you know, but it's hard. It's a different borough. Yeah. You might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm away out by the airport. Who might goes well be out there? Florida. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it is tricky and it, it it's our, it's our, also our survivalist brain, which, you know, we, we, we don't have time to go into this, but a lot of the, a lot of our brains just, we're looking for tribe, we're tribalist built. So we're like, we're looking for our people to be around us and surround us at all times so we can feel safe, so we can feel that sense of security, that sense of belonging, that sense of like control, like, okay, I know where everybody is in the house, mm. like that feels good. And so having control issues i think everybody does to one to one degree or another it's a pretty universal thing um because it's built into our survivalist nature so it's not anything we need to shame ourselves over but it is a thing that it is there are practices that need to be in place mm-hmm. for us to remind ourselves that that's what it is yeah. like we're okay yeah. and like you know it it, it does get mm-hmm. tricky because we tend more often than not to lead with those survivalist instincts and uh but we need to remember that like you know the we're not cavemen where the strongest of the pack is, you know, has been gone for a week now and might be dead. Like, you know, they just went to Walgreens. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they have a cell phone. We can call them. Okay. So what are we, what okay. are we, today, today. today's part two. So what are, what are we diving into today, Suzanne? Today, I'm going to say the, the thing you're really wanting me to say. Relation tips. For quarantine. I didn't push that. I didn't. I just made that joke because I'm a dad and I make dad jokes. <laughs> Relationship tips for quarantine. So as we are stuck and isolated with certain people, certain members of our family, whatever situation might be, here are some tips for getting through that in maybe a healthier way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to say up front because it, 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 Suzanne made a good point this morning before we start recording that there's a lot of... Um, it's a really tricky situation right now. It's a really, uh, as we talked about yesterday, unprecedented uh, situation where we've never really been in this, um, the quarantine type situation like we are now, especially everybody who's alive right now has never been dealt with this before. So um, dealing with, do, doing an overhaul of your of, of your life and really enacting every single thing if it's Maybe asking don't too overhaul much. your life right now. But these Maybe are, ask yourself if. <laughs> but there are baby steps you can take yes. in the process that mm-hmm. I think will be helpful. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yep. I- incremental. We're doing incremental stuff. We're not dropping an anchor and, and moving our boat 180. No. So he, here, here are here are some tips. And feel free if you feel if this absolutely resonates with you, feel free to t- pick and choose which ones. Mm-hmm are easiest to enact one step at a time. It's always one step at a time. It's so easy to get overwhelmed by all the things that you need to do that you just end up doing none of them. These all so, feel very doable. These are all really Yeah, good. yeah, like pre- these pretty ones. practical. Okay, number one. Are we, are we going to do these in order? Sure. Okay. So number one, I have physical space, mental space, and time space. So making space for yourself in, in these three areas. So physical space meaning what? Um, it, it might be tricky, but figuring out, um, 
a place in your house or even if it's going for a walk or something you, you can do to take up physical space that's just yours mm-hmm. um, where you don't have to factor anybody else's feelings in necessarily you just you get to focus on you because mm-hmm. a lot of a codependency is I have to wrangle everybody else's shit and I don't have time for my own so you self-abandon immediately and so the physical space can be um, going on walks like a lot of people are, are going on family walks every evening or you know or whatever just to get out of the house um, and one of the suggestions that I that I kind of came up with was maybe take two walks a day one of them is just you yep for you mm-hmm. um, and and, the, and you let it be known like okay I'm gonna go on a walk the family we're gonna go on a walk later that's the family time this is for me right and in that walk you get to do whatever you want if you want to listen to music if you want to listen to the birds sing outside if you just want to like enjoy being it being silent or if you want to listen to you know like in dead to me she just listens to like metal music sure. <laughs> whatever is cathartic for you <laughs> yeah you get to take that physical space or well, car- that's a, that's that mental space too so taking yeah, time yeah, to because yeah. mental space is a uh, time for could be meditation could be taking a walk could be if that's exercise for you yoga for you something where you are in charge of your brain and your brain capacity right now is just it's all just for you so, and then time space is also that taking time for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you need air, you need areas like you need space in all three of those areas that is just for you where you are not constantly taking care of other people, mm-hmm. but you're taking care of yourself. For me, a lot of these on the list are taking my own advice. Cause these are things that I would tell people who, who would come to me with the problem of feeling just like they don't have any. They, 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 they're just completely like you, your word, enmeshed with other mm-hmm. people in the house. So a lot of this is like, oh, this is advice I've given other people or I would give mm-hmm. my friends that I love. Um, take your own advice. It, it, there's, it's very freeing. And also you can speak from experience now instead of like, well, I never do this because you know, it's me and I always have to be available for everybody all the time. But well, no, we all need reminders. Absolutely. Even if we know a thing, sometimes we forget a thing. You just absolutely. need to be reminded of the thing. Yeah. But don't, don't feel bad either to take that time if there's a place in your house you can go to that's just for you if there's even if it's like a sewing room or some kind of like little little space that you can go in with a chair and you set it up how you like it just go in there and like let it be known to your family or whoever you're quarantining with that this is your space and um the time that you take in there is sacred and is is necessary and is important and Moms have been doing this since the dawn of the outhouse of like (laughs) hiding in the bathroom to get away from their kids. Uh But during these quarantine times, maybe it is still the toilet, ladies. I don't know. But maybe Maybe the shower. I've heard the shower. Find it. Yeah. A lot of people taking taking like way longer showers because it's just a space where they can get away from. I I have a friend who got a divorce during quarantine and in that breakup period, that was her alone time because quarantining with the person you're about to be divorced from. Uh, rough mm-hmm. and she took a lot of showers. She's like shower time was my alone time. Very clean person. To get away. Yes. <laughs> she smelled very fresh <laughs> during that rough period. Number two. Number two. Communication. Uh, now it's not the time to assume others know our needs. Tell others what you expect from them. Yeah. So open communication. It's never it's never a good time for you to assume that other people know what you want. This is not, but this especially when we are all locked up with one another, not a good time to assume that people will, will like figure out what mm-hmm. you need and be able to tell from your body language and huffing and puffing around what it is that you need. So this is the time to be direct, guys. This goes back to preschool. Use your words. Use your words. 
everyone in the house used their words. And the I think everyone's setting expectations. You being very clear about what you are expecting from other people in the house and also allowing that for everyone. Like having having the sit down where everyone gets to say what they need and what their expectations are for other people. Um, I think it's so important. This is a great time to be teaching boundaries to kids mm-hmm. of all ages yeah. and having kids be able to state what they're needing right now and then watching you trying to respect their boundaries and their needs tells them, okay, so it is important. My lead, boundary, lead this is an example. important thing. Yeah. So this is a great time to be leading by example um, because if you are respectful of their stuff, they, I, I think, are more apt to be like, okay, this is important, got it, and we'll be respectful of, uh, respectful of your stuff. I mean, so. especially with kids, I think we think as parents that we often are like, well, good, I gave that really emotional speech to them. But like kids were half on their phones, half daydreaming, half in the other room, especially if they're teenagers. Like they're just kind of like, cool, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. They may have had their but earbuds in the whole time. They might have. <laughs> <laughs> the AirPods are getting smaller and smaller these days. It's hard to tell. Um, but and so oftentimes we're like well I told them so clearly like I've done my role as a parent but oftentimes like you know as a parent you have to say something 3,000 times mm-hmm. before it ever clicks and and it's important to, to use your words and say to give the speech of like what, what we should do and what's right and wrong but never underestimate the power of showing them yeah like by like not just be like shutting them out of your room so you can have alone time, but allowing them asking for permission to enter their space, yep. Allo- uh, showing them they're like, I'm going to value you. Yep. You know, it's the whole thing where like respect begats more respect. Yes. Vulnerability begats more res- vulnerability. If you, you can't demand respect. No, That's not how that you can't demand, works. you can't demand any of these things. You yeah. have to show it to receive it. And it's such a good lesson to, and it's, and it's such a good bonus lesson. Cause you get to practice these things that you're learning. Um, and instead of being like, well, I was so kind to you and I, I put up your laundry, so I expect you to, to you know, in the house. So next time I expect you to do the same for me. Um, that's not always how it works. It's not like we learned last week. It's not tit for tat. So Also, if you want that, you need to voice that. Like, hey, yeah. I did this. I expect this you to do doing. this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is my expectation of next time. Mm-hmm. Just be clear, guys. Now is not the time for passive aggressive. There's too much shit going on. It's Let's just be clear with each other. Like, so not, not only are we dealing with like <laughs> just normal family stuff and being in the same space as each other, but we're dealing with like the outside threat of a global pandemic on top of it. So mm-hmm. everybody's going to be a little on edge. Um, and so allowing the, the specific amount of grace, but also the, or the, the proper amount of grace, but also learning, um, to taking those moments when everybody's on edge to have conversations when it when the time is right and Mm -hmm. and being very you can be direct and kind at the same time it's the thing i'll say until i die because it was a huge lesson for me that i always thought that if you were direct with somebody you were going to come off mean but there's a way to do it in kindness and love and it's not your fault if the other person takes it as being mean because they're never used to being heard a direct word in their life Mm -hmm. (laughs) if they're used to passive aggression or you know you just huffing around the house like slamming dishes and stuff like they're they're going to be confused by a direct like, hey, I would really like you to do this. Is this something you can do for me? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. People might be like, what the crap? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a game changer. Okay. This dovetails nicely into number three, mm. which is, guys, this is going to, this is going to be, this might be a game changer for people. So in this kind of conversation, asking before you dump. And by that, I mean, if you are, you and I learn this. It's a great skill to learn with conversation. 
if you are used to just kind of having a person that you go to to tell all of your woes to, which right now that's going to be like hourly, right? We've all got like a lot of stuff and it's building up. Um, but asking before you just immediately start dumping on a person. Right. So rather than just walking into a room, throwing stuff around, shutting the door, starting to complain, <laughs> dumping all your shit to like, you know, emotionally unload on somebody, understanding that we all have stuff. We all are carrying our own stuff right now mm-hmm. and it's a lot. So before you go in and have that dump conversation on someone or start bitching and complaining to someone, asking like, hey, are you are you available right now for me to like talk like talk about something, complain about something? Can I tell you something right now? Having a heads up, being respectful of that person's like mental space, mm-hmm. <laughs> emotional energy and bandwidth, and not just assuming like, man, my kids do this. The just the walking in and the and the immediate like just dumping, and when I'm not always in a place to receive the right. dump, um, and, and your kids might not be either. Yeah, so it's so I feel like right now being respectful of people's emotional bandwidth enough to before you start bitching and complaining and being like, hey. Can I tell you a thing right now? And being okay if that person is like, I am not in a place to to hold your shit right now. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's not. Maybe you go write that out. Maybe you don't give that to another person right now. Maybe go journal. Yeah. Maybe I, go sit in your car and listen to Screamo. I don't know. Like, <laughs> feel, find another way like that's is, not dumping on a person. It is easy to, because to th- getting that, like, dumping on another person is the most satisfying because it's an immediate. Yeah. Uh, While well, you're being heard. Yes. But and, and it doesn't feel out of satisfying in the moment to write three pages of it or or go for a walk or just kind of scream it into the void mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever it might be. But that those ways do help. They it doesn't feel as good because it immediately, but in the end, I would argue that it, it's the same result. Yes, um, it is. You feel stupid writing a journal because you're like, what am I, 12? But like, honestly, nope. are you? Because mo- mentally, right, emotionally right now, you might be a 12-year-old who just wants to bitch about something, mm-hmm. you know? So like, yeah, asking permission, not just, I think we do this so often with our loved ones because we're like, well, they're my mom. Like, they're going to have to deal with it. Or what? It's, it's my, you know, my kid. Like, I made them. They're just going to have to deal with this. But that's, we want to respect our loved ones. We want mm-hmm. to expect their, respect their space because we, we expect the same respect back. Um, so asking for permission before doing that is an extremely loving act. And also, you know, yeah, like what you said, it's huge to, they might say like, uh, no, I'm actually in the middle of like this thing or, or what I'm not in the mental space for it, or I'm having a bad day. So I feel like this is going to take me down even more. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, okay, well come find me when, when you are in, and by the time they come and find you, you might be okay. You might be fine. Learning that you don't always need to dump on somebody you know, to, to get stuff out is a huge lesson too. Yeah. Cause there've been so many times where I was waiting even for you. I knew you were on the phone or you were doing something and I was like, okay, I'm going to tell her about this thing when, or she gets done with, with her, whatever she's doing. And then by the time that time comes, I've worked through it and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually, I'll tell you about the result at the end after right. I've gone through a thing. But like, I was like, mm, there's no need to rehash this. I would argue a lot of times that works out better. You figuring that yeah. shit out yourself. Oh, it's important. And then telling people the conclusion rather than making them watch you right in the margins of everything and be like, I don't know. Okay. Like, as you're screaming yeah. and being ve- like very <laughs> I wonder how much of that. And angry. I wonder how much of that we get addicted to the drama of it, yeah. and so sometimes we won't even let it resolve. We don't. We almost don't want it to resolve, so we could have something to come back. Just because we, we get those dopamine hits when somebody Man, that's validates a whole us. Other thing, yeah, for right? sure. Being addicted to drama because we just bring we 
we I've I've been in a situation where a friend is just bringing me the same problem over and over again, just yeah. same day, different shit, or different days, same shit. One of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and and you're just like, okay, I feel like now you're just bringing this shit to me because you're getting off on the fact that you're the the drama is you're high on the drama and you're not actually trying to resolve. Well, and the drama is keeping us connected. Sometimes it's yeah, that too. drama bond. Or, yeah, mm. drama bond. Is that a thing? Because it should <laughs> I don't be. Know. Man, there are some friendships that are held together just by drama bonds. I know it's really depressing. But it's when you when you go back in your your friendships of your of your of your like teenagehood, early adulthood. Most of my friendships, middle were, adulthood. Yeah, it, yeah, most of my adult my most of my friendships were held together by the glue of like. Oh, did you hear what so and so said? Can you believe this shit? We were just talking shit about coworkers and stuff. Yeah, not good. I know there's something very satisfying about saying something like yell, being able to yell the thing, being able to be vocal about the thing, <laughs> and it's the same as like when we used to have phones that like hung up on a receiver, Ooh, yeah. and you could slam the phone down. Like there's something very satisfying. And then, but if you write it out, it's like you write it, I guess you could write it in all caps. And then you can very deliberately and hardly like click the pen when you're done. But like, there's an, there's like an old Seinfeld bit where you like, I was going to say that, swipe, (laughs) where he's like, okay, bye. And it's like a cordless phone and you're trying to get like the little power button to like click over to the side. Like it's not as satisfying as being able to slam a phone down. Goodbye. Swipe. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, it's we're in a different world guys but i know i feel like you just because it's not as satisfying to you in that moment to like get it out that way taking a shit on the people closest to you is maybe not the healthiest thing to I know way and to work out your stuff and while i do i do like to uh tell people that every time you do overstep a boundary it's a great uh opportunity to practice apologizing and having in in uh, don't purposely create those situations, guys. There, you will have them accidentally <laughs> or inadvertently on your own. You will have plenty of times to apologize for overstepping boundaries and be like, "I'm so sorry that I just completely like disrespected you by this." There's no need to create more by just barging into somebody's room and dumping on them and yeah. all that stuff. This is all about like respecting and loving the people that you are closest with. Like all these things aren't detaching sounds like um, putting walls up, but like we said in previous episodes, like boundaries is is about putting a gate up around your house that opens and you get to decide who comes in and out. Mm. And when they do, it's not about like putting walls up to keep everybody out. So detaching feels or like enacting boundaries feels mean, but it really is so incredibly kind that really does change the tone of the entire house. Number four, number four, create a daily routine. Mm, that's a big one. Everyone uh, wrote down. Everyone contributes in the home. what do you mean by that? Okay. So a daily routine, and this is a hard one for me because here's the thing. if you've got kids in your house kids like structure even kids that bitch about structure still like structure and this is the thing well, that gives them me, something to bitch about this is right. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that took a long time for me to to realize that kids actually really like structure i had too much structure like i was i did not like my structure growing up and so i went the other direction where i was like i'm gonna be loosey-goosey and it's gonna be fine and my kids are never gonna like stress about like having too much structure and being too rigid and but I went too far the other direction to where no structure feels not safe too when you don't know what to expect when you don't know what's happening especially because I have kids with anxiety little structure would actually be super helpful also I've figured out that if you don't have structure you still fall into routines so even if it's not a routine that you are consciously doing your house will fall into some sort of routine so you need to be looking at the routine and being like is this a good routine can we make adjustments to this routine? And 
because structure is good for everybody knowing kind of what's coming next what's on the schedule what's on the it gives kids a sense of uh you know there's a tethering to that that they can kind of like count on what's coming next and if you have anxious kids and i think all kids are a little bit anxious and weirded out right now it's it's a good thing so but the second part of that is that everyone now stuck in this house together everyone contributes to the house together Okay, so if you if there was the dynamic before where it's like mom cooks, mom does all the cleaning, mom does all this stuff, now's a real great time to be like all our asses are in here right now, you know, <laughs> in this house, screwing up this yeah. house, messing up this house, eating in this house, like everyone contributes. This is a great time to get everyone on board with contributing to the house. Even as much as kids and <clears throat> maybe even some spouses might bitch about that, it really does sort of it, it ignites this sense of community because um, as soon as you start if it's your responsibility to do laundry today or dishes or yard work you start taking you're like hey wait a minute like if somebody messes with that there's a little bit of like responsibility in there where, you, where you're like whoa 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 like i just did that please respect that i just did the dishes and put that in the you know whatever it is like somebody leaves a bowl out or something and you're it's you're on dish duty you're like whoa 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 like you you immediately start taking ownership to a lot of these things and we don't realize that until you know it's the same thing as when when kids start kids are kind of sloppy around the house and then they start working a job and at the job if they just mop the floor and somebody walks through (laughs) they're like Hey, mm-hmm. you know, they can only have that experience if they're given the job to yep. take care of a thing. Once you're put in charge of a thing, you really start caring, which is why, you know, moms and dads, especially if they're, if they're doing everything in the house and the kids are just running amok, um, why would you haven't taught the kids to care about or yeah. like, to, <laughs> I'm worried about the women who are homemaking martyrs before all this started because if you are a homemaking martyr and you are trying to maintain the homemaking martyr thing during isolation and quarantine, oh God. God bless you. Uh, let's stop doing that, please. Like there, there's no way you are not utterly freaking exhausted right mm-hmm. now from trying to keep all that up yourself. So stop it. Yeah. So stop. Uh, use your words. Rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Stand up and be like, guess what? We're all going to start helping around here. Um, and then actually have the expectation that they're going to help around there. There will be bitching and moaning, and then they will adjust. Yes, they will. <laughs> even even saying like, guys, I really need your help. Can you yep. really help me? Like, not even being like, all right. Like, you can come in with a tone that is like is has the tone of we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. Like, hey guys, I really need your help. Like, I'm over I'm overwhelmed because I have this this and this. Let's all pick a different chore or activity that needs that needs worked on today, and let's like tackle this. And then tonight we can just have an explosion of like fun game night, movie night, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. w- which that's coming up. But yeah, um, we're gonna talk about that in a second. But that kind of thing, like if you're like, okay, hey, if we could all knock this out, and and that once again breaks the divide of like it's this person's room this person's dude that's not my thing that's not my thing and mm-hmm. and, it, and it creates this dynamic that we are all work a working organism doing our part and mm-hmm. it feels good and it and it bonds as well and you know and the mom taking care of everything or the dad taking care of everything or whatever it might be um doesn't do that it's effective but it also breeds resentment and and it's, it's not martyrdom effect- it's, it's not it's sustainable not, man no, no. It wasn't sustainable in normal times. It's definitely not sustainable now. No, for sure. So maybe let's let's skip the next one for sure. just a second and, and go to because this this you just mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Designate the group time together for like watching movies, playing games, eating together, just connecting that has nothing to do with like schoolwork, mm-hmm. chores, like, you know, all of the the day-to-day and, and housekeeping stuff, but you know, the fun connection time. Mm-hmm. So 
this is good for everybody to to have that designated time that you know is coming up that we're just going to hang out and have fun and connect. And so whatever that kind of looks like for for you and whoever's in and whoever's in your house. Um, but having that, you know, kids love movie times. Kids love like, yeah. well, we're going to pop popcorn and we're going to, you know, sit at down seven o'clock tonight. Hang that, out that, together. That yeah. goes, and that goes along with the daily routine like we were just talking about. Yeah. Like having this thing that we're all looking forward to, even if you can't leave the house necessarily to go to something fun, you, doesn't mean you still can't have like, okay, it's seven o'clock. We're turning the lights off. We're going to pop popcorn and we're going to watch a movie or, you know, play a game or like do something that. Or go on that family walk or yeah, go on that. Yeah. yeah. Or yep. all of it. Like yeah. we're going to start with the family walk and then talk about what movie we're going to watch yep. or decide whether we're going to do a movie or a game or whatever it might be. Yeah. And let everybody's vote have, a, like everybody's vote counts, you know? And a lot of that you'll, you'll find that once you divvy up that responsibility to other people, to like, to your kids or whoever is in your house, you'll find that like, well, like we said, saying earlier, that respect will come back. Like mm-hmm. if, if you divvy out the respect, it will come back to you. And it is this beautiful flowing of give and take and not, you know, giving and then scratching somebody's eyes out to get it back. Yeah. <laughs> like it often is. I, I feel like it's really important to mention that the connection time should not be the time when you're bitching about chores that didn't get done. This is like, mm. this is a time for connection that is like positive and like no one's allowed to bitch about anyone else during this time. This is not the time to be like, did you get your classwork done today? Did you mm. like, nope. Like this is just, this is fun time. It's so important to have fun time mm-hmm. where kids feel like they're not going to like, this isn't a time when you're going to sit down and we're going to go over everything you did or didn't do today. And it's going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, don't bastardize that time, man. With, with that kind of shit. Just... This the connection time and fun time together uh, is a little hibernation time that's uh-huh. so freaking important to be free of all of that. I would also throw in that if you can, if you're especially if you're with your family and your kids, um, find time throughout the day for for one on one time. With everybody, yeah. Figure out how to like your if you can like really like deepen the bond or the connection with each one of your kids or your spouse or like whatever it is, like find that time, even if it's like five, 10 minutes to yeah, kind of, it doesn't have to be long. No, just yeah, a little thing. It's like, Hey, what, what mm-hmm. are you working on? Even if it's like, you don't really care about what game the kids play. And if you sit down and you, you can create that bond mm-hmm. by being like, what are you playing? What, what do you like about this? What is this? And you know, it might annoy them a little bit, but if you create a little bit of like one-on-one with everybody, that really does make everybody feel like they're seen and heard. Yeah. And when you, when you come together uh, for the group time, everybody kind of has their thing to share and they're they're They feel everybody feels connected. And I don't know, there's just like an energy that flows uh, a lot more fluid. Um, if everybody feels seen and heard and not ignored and mm-hmm. you know, you included. Yep. So, yep. And I, I feel like you might find that <clears throat> if you do that with your kids, they'll come and share when, when there's a new update in their thing that you, the bond that you share, they'll come to, they'll start coming to you because sure. you've yeah. shown an interest. Yeah. I, I feel like it so often we're like, well, my parents don't care about this thing. But like if you've shown a little bit of interest, you know, um, my mom definitely opened that door maybe a little bit too much. And I was like, oh, you were interested in the ska bands I'm listening to. Let me tell you about a new one I found. <laughs> and she was probably like, good Lord. But no, she always tells me she she was just stoked that her kid was talking to her. So she didn't was, care what it was. Yes, about. that's so true. Yeah, the she just wanted she just wanted the open line of communication. So remember that I I've think. had my 11 year old say that to me where he'll be, you know, five minutes ass deep and something to me about like Rubik's cubing or yo-yoing and maybe I'm not doing a great job. It, it seemed, and he's like, you don't care about this. Sorry. And I'm like, I care about this cause you care about this. Yeah. That's enough. Like I don't have to know 
all of the OLL algorithm no. things. <laughs> like, no. I don't have to know. Like, I'm excited that you mm-hmm. are excited about this. For me, it's like, yeah, my kids, it's Fortnite. Like, I don't care about Fortnite at all, but like, I love that it lights him up and he's like laughing and giggling and, and, and showing me all the dances and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I love that. Like, I love the passion like that you're showing me right. about this thing. That's all I care about I'm because excited that you're excited. that's going to yeah. change over the years to a different thing. But I always want you to come to me and share me w- yeah. with me, whatever you're passionate about, because like, I think that's freaking great. I want to know my kid and this is a part of it. I'm sorry. Did I have to go back. Did I say like five minutes ass deep? That doesn't make sense. Did I say that? You did said I five minutes ass deep. That's the name of the episode. I um, don't, that's not, a, <laughs> I don't know what that was. That just came out of my mouth. And I'm like, I don't know even yeah, what that means. Every, but it's one of those things I've never heard before, but I understand exactly <laughs> what you meant. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll leave that in. Okay. Yeah. Next. we we'll go back to the next. Um, number six, uh, respect the boundaries of others, which we, we touched on this a little yeah. bit. Talk about that a little bit. Okay, so just, yeah, just, I guess we reiterate that one. So while it's important for you to set boundaries and make people hold those, we need to also be respecting the boundaries that other people are setting. Mm-hmm. So as much as it is about you, it's also about everyone else in your house too. Yeah. So while you're putting up boundaries and maintaining that, um, being respectful of the boundaries that other people are voicing also. Even if it's like your kids are like, hey, please knock before you come in my room. You could easily go, um, this is my house. My, you live yeah. in it. But that, that doesn't... Look, I'll let you have a door. But kids are already dealing with the like, I don't have any, I don't have any autonomy in my life. Yeah. And if you just break down that more by by not respecting their boundaries, it's not helping the situation also, at all. Also, they're not respecting you. You can, you can demand fear from them. You can yeah, demand like... You cannot demand respect. I think a lot. Kids. I think, but it's easy because past generations have leaned so hard on the like. I'd rather have my kids fear me than, or you know, they respect me in their own way. Like I'd no, rather they have, fear you. No, no, no. That's not the same. It's as not fun, you. and it, and it yeah. doesn't show that they're. It doesn't validate any of any of the things that I think ultimately deep down we want our kids to feel validated in. It's not the day they become a, an adult. You're like, boom, they're gonna be validated in all the things, and now yeah. they're just gonna take that shitty what they learn from that shitty behavior and pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. So be respectful of your kids. Like just be respectful. man. Well, yeah. Once again, that, that stuff does come back and, and we shouldn't do these. We shouldn't show respect to get it, but, um, it, cause it might not come back and you have to be okay with standing up for yourself and being, and that's when we go back to the beginning of this list of holding your own physical space and be like, Nope, I'm going to go do this now. And Mm -hmm. this is what's happening. And, uh, or I need, two hours in the afternoon where we're just going to have quiet time and everybody's going to do something quiet in their rooms. And, uh, this is what we're doing. This is, and that goes into the routine. All this kind of dovetails into each other. Mm-hmm. And there, there are little ways to enact that, that that truly do sort of, that helps break us out of our codependent ways. Um, and a lot of it is standing up for ourselves, but I think we're so worried as codependents that we're going to come off as assholes that we are low key assholes to get yeah. what we want. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can stand up for yourself in, uh, be strong and respected and feel valued and all those things that we're craving that we do all these sneaky little ways to get or manipulations to get like all of this is that we can, we can speak up directly. It's all about how you do it mm-hmm. um, and get those things. And, uh, and it's valid, but you deserve those things. Like you, as a person, you, those are things, those things you crave, you absolutely deserve. Um, it's all about how you go about getting them though. Yep. Next. I'm not done with my TED talk. Oh, sorry. Go um, ahead. No, just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> Next. Uh, self-care tips about, uh, okay, so this is a thing that I, I mentioned uh, I wanted to throw on at the end because 
my, my big thing was like, I didn't feel like I was, I wanted to be valued and I, I wanted to be a priority. Um, but I was really bad at, I was looking for other people to make me a priority in their mm-hmm. life. And when they wouldn't or make me a top priority, I just felt incredibly, you know, it, it, it just validated all of the negative feelings, negative self-talk, all that stuff. Like you're not worth this. Like, you know, like you're a piece of shit, like stuff you did in the past is coming back. This is karma, all this stuff like that. Um, but for me, just waking up in the morning, having a little morning routine that didn't involve another person. It was literally me waking up and I would, I would bang out three morning pages, which is just free writing. It's just a brain dump. Like whatever's on your mind, it could just be nonsense. You could just, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is. For me, a lot of the first page and a half is just me talking about how I don't have anything to talk about, um, to write about. And it really does help. And also, uh, taking that, going on a walk, doing some kind of moving your body where you feel in your body, meditating, doing a body scan while you meditate, breathing exercises and feeling in your body. All these things remind yourself that you exist because it's so easy to forget that you also take up a physical space. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you start validating that, even like, oh, look at these three pages that this person wrote. Oh, that person's you? Like so often with codependency, we're throwing everybody else is more important than us. Um, everybody else's feelings and needs need to be taken care of that we abandon our own, but it caught like reminding ourselves that we also exist in this physical space reminds ourselves. We also can take care of, we're, we're also a person that needs to be, uh, valued and, and can, we can make as ourselves much as, anyone else. as much as anybody else. Yeah. We are just as important as anybody else. And especially if we are in the caretaker position, like a parent, um, it's important if not mandatory that we take care of ourselves and we make sure that our cup is full before we start filling up anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it feels selfish at first, but it is incredibly life giving. I it it changed my life. Even two weeks of of sticking to a morning routine, it's like an hour. The first hour of the day, I just brain dump onto onto the page. I move my body in some cardio fashion, even if it's going for a walk, and then I meditate. And there's something incredibly uh, empowering about giving the first hour of the day to just myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that everybody can't do that. Um, but taking time to actually feel in your body, to remind yourself that you exist and you are important and your emotions and needs, uh, are just as valid as anybody else. For you living alone, that works to take that, yeah, that hour in the morning. I can For do people that. that can't do that, I think it's just, I think it works just as well though to break that up and do different things throughout the day. Yeah. You know, taking 15 minutes here, I'll, you know, a half hour walk here, uh, like breaking that up is just even maybe more so because you're needing those kind of breaks throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think in any way you can fit those kinds of things in is, is good. And I know it feels, especially if you're listening to this and a lot of these codependency things r- r- resonate with you, it feels so difficult to enact them because it does we've been taught or we have learned uh passively or actively that self-care stuff is selfish and you can do things that are self-empowering that aren't selfish it's not selfish to care no, about yourself no. it, it's actually more loving and kind to the people in your life to make sure that your cup is filled um before you start you know it makes sense it's the whole metaphor of like you can't you can't pour, you know, a pitcher, an empty pitcher and fill up anybody's glasses. Like you have to make sure that your okay, pitcher we, is full. We, you, we were talking just a little bit ago before we started recording about how you said that when, when you have your kids at your place and you're making them dinner, you actually eat first. Mm-hmm. 
and then or like or eat while you're making their meal for dinner yeah <clears throat> and how did that feel selfish at first that you're like i'm eating first was uh, there any part of you that was like this feels you know no actually selfish. it actually felt <clears throat> I, I felt like I, I created a life hack because i was i watched my mom forever we were like cook us a, a dinner and while she's serving us food, we're halfway done with our plate and asking for seconds almost. And she hasn't even sat down with hers right. yet. And it felt, and, and I just, I saw her do that over and over again. And, and I just, that, that feels, especially if you're hangry <laughs> right. and you're tired from dinner, you know, like you're making dinner, you're tired from all day dealing with kids stuff. And then you're like, I have found when I'm trying, when I'm making my kids something and, and I'm in the middle of making my, my first helping and they're asking for their second or like more juice or something. I just, I bark at them and I'm mm -hmm. like, wait, give me, I, oh, oh. especially if you have little kids, they don't know that. Um, so even, yeah, like even while I'm, even while I'm making their food, if I just want to have like a protein bar or just, you know, like if I'm making them a lot of times, you know, you're, you're cooking something for them because they're not going to eat. Like I have littler kids, so they're not going to eat what everybody's going to eat, but just kind of nibbling on it while you, you know, my, while you so, cook. so my whole thought with that whole thing is like, if, if people are thinking that's selfish, that you're making food for yourself first, like before you're making food for your kids or you're eating while you're making food for like right. eating first is so selfish. I'm like, no, selfish would be eating first and then not getting around to giving your kids any food. <laughs> they, That's selfish. They come in at seven o'clock and they're like, when's dinner? Putting the oxygen mask on first yeah. and then going about your day and kind of forgetting to put the oxygen mask yeah. on your kids second. Mm -hmm. That's selfish, right? So putting this stuff on ourselves first though, not selfish. No. Taking care of yourself, really not. not selfish. Self-care, not selfish. That goes into everything we talked about. Like if you're, but yeah, so if you're, self-care only becomes selfish when you're doing it and then not turning around and, and taking care of the people you're yeah. supposed to be taking care of. Fill yourself that's up. when it's selfish. Fill yourself up because you deserve it. Yep. And then what overflows from that, which trust me, there will be so much that overflows from that if you do it consistently. Um, your kids and your people and your community will they're going to be stoked. Like the end, what you give them will be more beautiful because it's not steeped in any kind of resentment or sense of obligation. That's negative. And it, it really is this amazing magic trick that shouldn't be a magic trick. It should just be normal. <laughs> I would love for Let's future generations. The magic. <laughs> I know for real. Yeah. Anything in closing? Um, no, I think that was great. We nailed it. Yeah, we sure did. Good we job, we fixed it guys. Good job. Um, audible high five. Uh, w once again, a lot of the things that we, we, uh, are talking about are, are, are in these, this sort of codependency during COVID series. Um, we can't high recommend highly enough the book codependent no more by Melody Beattie. Um, like I said, last episode, it, Amazon might be a little bit slow right now with delivering books, but there's a Kindle version. Yep. There, there are uh, audio, the whole in the entire audiobook is on YouTube. I found out if you want to listen to that. Um, so, and it's incredible. And it's one of those things that is more of a manual or guidebook, especially if you feel like you might be codependent, um, even in any aspect of your life, uh, you can read it over and over again and get something new out of it every time. Mm -hmm. um, and I highly recommend doing that. So um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Bye, Suze. Bye.